It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And tonight we're going to be reviewing AEW Revolution. Revolution 2021. Ah, yes. The day that will live in infamy. Mm-hmm. A really great pay-per-view that will be remembered for the last two minutes. Well, I mean, and we disagree about this, but... It's like taking a first class Mm -mm. Emirates flight and, you know, that landing is really the important part. No, the match was, uh, the match was over. You know, we're going (laughs) to, we might end up throwing fists (laughs) because this is correct opinions and I'm the one with the correct opinion tonight. And uh, let's get to the card, but I feel like there might be a fight Brewing. <laughs> no. You're gonna no take more of that. You're going to take away my soundboard privileges. <laughs> I just got them. Okay. Start with the buy-in. The free buy-in. The free match you get. Amazing they give away this on free TV. They should have put this on the pay-per-view. It could have easily been on the pay-per-view. It was great. It was Brick. Brick. You know Brick. You know Brick Shithouse Baker? <laughs> Is Britt Baker. And it ends up Rebel is injured. And uh, she needs a new partner. And it ends up being fucking Maki Ito. Oh. (laughs) Ew. What was that sound? That's the the sound of weebs crying. A hundred thousand weeb simps rushing to place their orders. (laughs) To watch this fucking pay-per-view. She comes out. She does her pop idol thing. She does her dancing, her singing. She's a goddamn star. She is. And I love it. They are fighting Thunder Rosa and Riho. This is a great match. Um, You're not saying anything. Are you still thinking about Maki Ito? <laughs> she does the little thing. She comes out and she does the thing and... Mm-hmm. And she does the thing with the head where her head is a bowling ball and mm-hmm. it's her finisher move. It's it's noggin-based offense, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. I'm a fellow hardhead person. You are. A large hardhead, so. I just... Finally, a wrestler I can understand and relate to. I, I just appreciate <laughs> women with big heads and bad attitudes. <laughs> she does her thing where she fake cries... Which is hilarious. You too. do that too. No, I, I never do that. I'm, I'm too hard to do that. Oh, you. <laughs> I need a sandwich <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> Actually happened. Yeah. Anyway. Actual thing that my wife has said to me. Thunder Rosa gets hit with one of, uh, shit. Is it Reba? Or Rebel. I can't remember which one is actually her name and which one Britt gave her. But y'all know who I'm talking about. She hits Thunderosa with a crutch. Gets pinned by Britt. Great match. Loved it. Entertaining. Great buy-in match. Great buy-in match. Indeed. Appealing to that uh, that weeb simp demo. Mm-hmm. That's a good demo. You know, I bet there's a lot of crossover. I'm, I'm sure there is. <laughs> And we start the show, AEW Revolution. JR's got laryngitis. 
Poor JR. Very sad. Get well soon. Get well soon. Actually, I feel like it got better throughout the night. Mm. And uh, we start our first match with the Tag Team Championship. MJF and Jericho with Wardlow versus the Young Bucks. Get lots of Wardlow fuckery in this match. Um, One thing you and I talked about here was that for a Young Bucks match, there was a lot of stalling. You know, periods where nothing really seemed to happen. It had a one of them deliberate paces. Yeah, but at some point, it I feel like it went from... I feel like deliberate pace is, like, the same thing as, like, when a real estate agent selling a house and it's really small and they call it cozy. Okay, so it's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not slow and nothing happening. It's a deliberate pace. Mm. Now, I mean... I personally didn't think it was bad. I just, uh, for a Young Bucks match, you know, you're used to seeing fast. This is very slow. A lot of, like, periods of nothing happening in uh, MJF and, G- and uh, Jericho are just, like, taunting. It wasn't bad, but honestly, one, I had just seen Maki Ito come out. and <laughs> You're still I, thinking about I that. I don't give a shit about this. <laughs> and also, again, I'm not sure who to root for here because I kind of want the Young Bucks to get their asses kicked here. Fuck no. Just because I don't care about their dad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who I do care about? Their cute kids. Apparently, Matt's daughter designed their outfits. Oh, well, they what were, a... What they a, were pink and chartreuse, and it was great. It was great design. What a wholesome fucking family. <laughs> and, no, but I actually do think that's cute. That is pretty cute, it but pretty still. Cute. And, oh, and when they came out, I want to mention the floor screen. There's a screen on the floor when they come out for the above shots. That's... And it looked really fucking awesome. And I wonder why no one's done it. And it'll be in every wrestling thing. I think we cracked it. I think we understand now why the thing that went bad at the end went bad. Because... They, they overextended themselves with new pro- no. new production shit. No, I don't want to hear your shit. It's I don't like, want to hear your shit right It's now. like if I go grocery shopping on a given day, that's it for me. I got my one thing done. I can't handle too this much. This has nothing to do with this. It has everything to no. do with everything. No. I want to talk about a couple spots in this match, if I could. Um, <laughs> Who's fucking stopping you? Probably you interrupting me. At one point, MJF is in the middle of the ring doing suck it over Matt. And it lasts for a really long time. I thought it was very odd. It's like he had a dedicated suck it button on a controller. And that was the only thing he was, he was mashing hitting. it. Yeah, that ended up in a near fall where he rolled up Matt. And it was a near fall. And then right after that, Wardlow hits Matt in the back with the bat. And we get another near fall. And I thought for a second... They were going to give the belts to Jericho and MJF, and that would have been very disturbing to me. I would not have enjoyed that. At the same time, then they could just go cry to daddy and they could all have <laughs> no. a good sob. No, I really like the Young Bucks. Guess you should have bought them a college education instead of the fucking wrestling ring you built. Oh my god. I really like the Young Bucks, and like I was saying before, mm-hmm. I feel like Young Bucks are like, workhorses of AEW, but I don't feel like they have yet had a really great feud. They have not. That's felt main event worthy. And I it's think, just not happened yet. I think for that, it comes down to Proud and Powerful or 
um the lucha bros lucha bros that's what i'm thinking i mean who else i don't know i don't know but uh yeah there were some good spots there was Jericho getting super kicked while doing a lion salt. There was an that, actual... I'll go ahead. That was impressive. There was an actual slobber knocker where MGF was getting kicked in the face and spit was drooling out of his mouth. Like what? You gotta take like 10 super kicks in a row. Was it 10? It was at least. I don't remember. I didn't Maybe know. I'm exaggerating, but it, it, <laughs> it felt, felt like, like a lot. Then we have the Meltzer driver for the win. Jericho's pinned. I mean... I'm not mad at it, but uh, it was a match. I didn't love it either. I wasn't invested. Part of it's because uh, I'm not. You know, that hurts the match when I'm, you're not invested. Yeah, I'm not invested in the whole MJF Jericho thing. Yeah, I'm waiting either. for this to, you know, for them to get to the inner circle civil war, which is probably coming. Yes, which we'll have a little hint at that little, later on. Little tidbit. Little tidbit later on. Well, we had the Tag Team Championship match. And then right after that, the Casino Tag Team Royale. It's a clusterfuck. A clusterfuck match to see who gets the next shot at the tag belts. And let's just say this. Pretty much every tag team was in it. Yeah. Pretty much every. That, that about covers it, right? Yeah. They... I'll just go over some of the, like, the things that are maybe like storyline. Okay. Let's talk about QT. From the Natural Nightmares, eliminating the Gun Chuds, Austin and Colton with an E. After <laughs> Colton with an E, Gun Chud. They're eliminated by QT, which Dustin doesn't like. Dustin comes over. They have an argument. QT throws his own ass out and then spits at Dustin like a fucking camel. Who spits at people? Who does this? And, and I'm and I said to you, you know, yes, I get it. They're all in the nightmare family, so why would you, you know, turn on other members of the nightmare family? And my theory is, QT Plunk forgot. <laughs> he forgot. There are so in the nightmare there, family. there are so many goddamn people <laughs> in this Cody's Minions club. Yeah. Like who would you like? It, it's like the ninth cousin at this point. Yep. It's like you're the ninth henchman cousin five times removed he forgot colton with an e was his ninth cousin yeah he threw never, his ass out he never shows up on the show <laughs> unless he's off at ringside oh shit then i thought maybe they might be building a jurassic express santana ortiz thing because jurassic express eliminated both of them i wouldn't mind that i wouldn't mind that one bit we have a weird bit where Marco Stunt comes out, and uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's supposed to be a Hurricane Rana on Uno, hmm. but Uno kind of goes off in the opposite direction. Oh, yeah. I... I don't know what that was. It was funny, though. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, I don't either. Just probably a miscommunication. A miscommunication. Kind of like what we have going on right now. <laughs> so yeah, blue, blue, blah, blah. Other people come out. At one point, Kaz, Kazarian from SCU, is thrown out by Pack, and he lands really hard. 
Mm. I thought for sure he was injured. I I haven't heard anything about it though, if he is. But he lands he lands really oddly. Um. Oh, and I want to tell you this one thing that was really funny. Okay. I don't know if you noticed, but I was rewatching it today. Um. Yeah, because I rewatched it today because I needed to let this marinate. I needed to rewatch this pay per view. At one point, Jr. makes a comment about how Butcher is still in. Then he immediately gets kicked out, and Jr. says, "I jinxed his big ass." <laughs> God damn. So we end up the last four. We have Pack, Phoenix, Silver, and Jungle Boy. I wanted this the is meat when man. it got good. I wanted the Meat Man to win. Yeah, everybody wants a Meat Man to win. But Silver's out, Pack's out. We get Jungle Boy and Phoenix. They put on an absolute mini clinic for two or three minutes. It's a great mini clinic, but ultimately Phoenix, Phoenix wins. wins. Death Triangle shot at the tag team belts. They were actually my pick for who's going to win. So, <laughs> look at me. Look at you. <laughs> it was a clusterfuck with some lulls in it. Points where you just had people kind of laying around the ring I feel like <laughs> doing he, nothing. See, I feel like but... the entire match was kind of a lull with occasional spurts of... Isn't that how a clusterfuck match always is, yeah. though? That's why I don't like them. Like, why wasn't this on the buy-in and the Maki Ito I match? I could have seen that. But this, love... has, this, has, this has stakes, though. Yeah, but they always they love to put the, the you know, the, the clusterfuck match with the stakes on the buy-in. Do they usually? Yeah. I can't remember. You might be right. But, yeah. Moving on to the women's title match. No, no, no. There's stuff before that. We have Dasha backstage with Paul White, mm. who's given us the fucking inside scoop on the new contract D. I never looked that up. Is that an actual word? Go with it. The new contract signer. And says, this person fucking outworks everyone. Who is this? Who could it be, you ask? I feel like I got worked. <laughs> you were overworked. I was... Uh, outworked, overworked. The height... Look, it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people, but honestly, I have no investment in this person. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to That's it. That's coming we'll up. We'll get to it. Yeah, next we have the women's match, and before that, they give us a little history of Sheeta and Rio. Back in 2010, Rio told Sheeta she could wrestle for 100 years and never beat Rio. Turns out God they... God damn. Turns out they wrestled to a draw three times. Yeah. And I gotta say, I'm gonna give away the the end here. I knew when they brought that up in this package for the first time in this build, mm -hmm. I knew, God damn it, Sheeta's gonna win. I never thought for a second Sheeta wasn't gonna win. See, I thought that they were gonna use this as a soft reboot of the entire women's division. To kind of build their way to, you know, crown like a legitimate new champion. And they were going to make it seem legitimate by having them fight through this entire entire tournament uh, to, to finally win an offer. And I, I almost feel like it was kind of a waste not to do that. Here's what I think. I think we are getting a soft reboot. 
but with Yakuza Shida. Which I'm all in for. I feel like she had a different vibe in this match. Um, I feel like it's kind of a new Shida. I thought this was her best match that I've seen her in. And, oh, another thing I wanted to say. When they were doing the little package at the beginning. Why can't we always let the Japanese wrestlers just speak Japanese? Yes. It, it sounds so much cooler. It's it's really cool. Just just let people speak their native language. It's just for the Everybody best. Everybody can read subtitles. We'll all be alright. Well, we I are think. wrestling fans. <laughs> so, we start the match out. Apparently, Sheeta's been champ for 288 goddamn days. Longest reign in AEW. God damn. So, we have a lot of the chops. We start out with the chops. We're having a good time. Rio does her rope pull thing. Um, it's entertaining to watch her. She, I, I'll tell you what. She looked really good. She looked really good in this match. Um, you know, yes, she lost, but she took a lot of damage and a lot of near falls to put her down. Mm. Kicked out of the Falcon Arrow. You know what I love about... It seems the people who are trained in Japan have really great storytelling in their matches and great pacing. Because I feel like when you have a, a match done with the Japanese trained people, you get like different acts. Yes. It's like act one. We're disrespectful. We're having a good time. We're doing chops. You know... Act two, we got fucking guillotine leg drops. We got people trying to get pins. Then act three, this and that. They're smiling psychotically as they're hitting each other. And then at the end, we just have like... It feels like a battle. Like, they're like exhausted. They get up, they do some moves, they no-sell them. It's never just it's a spot fest. Yeah, it's... I just thought it had it was great storytelling. I thought it was amazing. Post match sets up the uh, the six man. Yeah, Nyla comes out, attacks them. Britt, Maki, Reba come out to help her. <laughs> I'm explaining this so well. I'm really painting a picture here. All the bad guys come out, attack. Thunder Rosa comes out for the save and what? saves Sheeta and, and Rio. Wouldn't you know it on Dynamite, we're going to have a six-man. Oh, are we? Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. That's great. Okay, that's exciting. I'm just happy Maki Ito is going to be on Dynamite. Fuck yeah. <gasps> she was on BTE. Oh. I've watched BTE, but he hasn't yet. There's that simplement. Uh... <laughs> she pops in on the Dark Order. Oh. Yeah, we gotta watch it. If you haven't seen that, well, it's not a very good BTE, but there's there's a couple moments. Then we get a little ad for Double or Nothing coming May 30th. Okay. I wish I could go. Well, we might have our shots by then. God, I hope I have my shots. Then we have Marvez backstage with Chuck Taylor and Orange. When who should appear to attack? Fucking Miro. Kip attacks Orange. Mira puts Chuck's head through the glass in the door. I'm really a nasty cut on Chuck. Yeah, I, it's, they had a lot of blood around his eye. I don't know if the cut was around the eye or if it just ran into his eye. But it looked good on TV. Yeah, 
It looked rough. Um, you know, and, and I'll tell you, I didn't give a shit about this match before. I still didn't kind of give a shit about this match. I am happy they did something different at the beginning. Yeah, because this attack just rolls right into the match. I feel like if they were going to do this fucking thing, it's good that they started it out really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're definitely right. Just, you know, Chuck getting obliterated for a good solid, it felt like two or three minutes at the beginning. Yeah. Well, when they get to the ring, I thought this was funny. Miro grabs a mic and is telling Chuck, pretty much, I would have let you ride my coattails. <laughs> Why won't you just ride my coattails? Where? Into mid-card hell? <laughs> For real. And then, uh, he gives, he puts the mic in his face and tells him he can, like, get out of the match if he wants, and Chuck says, ring the damn bell. And then, yeah, he pretty much gets beat on. Or it takes a few minutes for Orange to come out. Stumbles out. He stumbles out. Gets the orange punch on Miro. Mm-hmm. Then he, like, he gets a hot tag. He runs around a while. And, uh, then we have the whole, like, Penelope. This was something I thought was weird. At one point, Penelope is distracting the ref. But, like, I don't know why. Because at the time, like, Orange Cassidy was getting the offense. So why was she distracting the ref? I don't know, but she comes over and it's the whole, like, distraction thing. Like, oh, there's a girl. You know that old distraction trick. The tits are out, baby. <laughs> and he. Gets... I forgot about this job that I'm hired by a billionaire to do. Because there they are. And ew, that's creepy. <laughs> and then he gets pushed into her. She falls. Blah 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 blah. Let's get to the point. He's building maybe some kind of friction between Miro and Kip because like, Kip's trying to check on his wife and Miro's like. Not giving a rat's ass. But, uh... So yeah. they win by a submission. Who's they? You didn't say. Miro and Kip. Chuck taps out uh, in the game over. Yeah, basically Miro didn't give a fuck about Penelope, so I don't know if they're like... And I didn't give a fuck about this match. <laughs> I don't know if they're creating some friction. But, yeah. Orange looked good in it. I just, I just want this to be done. I know it's not going to be, but I want it to be done. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. I just could not care less. Speaking the of end. not, speaking of not caring less, here comes, uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um. Marvez is backstage with the inner circle. Next week, we're going to have yet another Jericho on-air jerk-off segment. <sighs> The Inner Circle War Council as they try to decide what the changes are going to be in the Inner Circle. And MJF says, I agree, Chris. There should be some changes. He says it very cryptically. But again, like I feel like maybe these must do well in the ratings or people like these. Because like every week it's like the Inner Circle does this. The Inner Circle does that. And again, people are fucking idiots. And it's if like they a, weren't, I wouldn't have to do this podcast. It's like Ernest movies. It's like right. Ernest goes to jail. Ernest does Christmas. The Masked Singer <laughs> is the number one show on television. Is it? Yes. Well, see. There's no accounting for fucking taste. <laughs> So, yeah, What's that's, wrong with you people? That's happening Wednesday. Let's all hope that the inner circle completely breaks up so Santana and Ortiz can go do some stuff. <laughs> uh, th this storyline just really needs to move the fuck along. Yeah. Um, 
But next up, the uh, big money match between Hangman Adam Page and uh, big money Matt Hardy. And uh, the winner gets the other's Q1 earnings. God. You know, big money Matt. Big money Matt. Can't be having that. That pay window going to open up real <laughs> wide for one. And the other is going to have it shut on their fingers. Fuck yeah. And something that was funny was when Hangman came out. First of all, the floor screen was it looked like beer. Yes. And then it said on his little name thing that he's decided on a snapper, which is a lawnmower, which I think is a nice callback to when Brody Lee won the championship and bought himself some lawnmowers. Mm. So I enjoy that. And I gotta say, this is a pretty stacked card. So this match for me... I had like five out of ten interest in it, but I guess I, I really fucking love this match. It was great. I um, loved it. And you know, throughout the match, you really saw Matt beating on uh, Hangman's arm and his hand to try yeah. to neutralize that lariat. Yeah, because at one point he accidentally punches the ring post early on in the match, and then after that, he gets it smashed between the ramp and the stairs. Matt's biting it, cranking it. So, yeah, I feel like that was just great. It's such a classic wrestling match. Like, you pick up an, a thing and you tear it apart. Yeah. And it, it was great that it was, like, something that would hurt his finisher. Just, I don't I don't know what to say. It's just a really great classic fucking wrestling match. And the finish was great. The finish will warm even the coldest of hearts. Yeah, we had Private Party out there doing some fuckery. Doing their thing. At one point, Hangman had Matt pinned, but Private Party was distracting the ref. So who comes out for the save? Hangman's buddies, the goddamn Dark Order. The entire Dark Order to the rescue. They run off Private Party. They At one point, like um, Hangman is knocked back off the apron. Who's there to trust fall catch him? Oh. His buddy's the Dark Order. They, they push him back up. He goes over the rope. He does the buckshot lariat. <laughs> they ring the bell. <laughs> Everyone has lemonade. <laughs> the end. Well, nobody has lemonade. But they all celebrate. And Hangman. They were all celebrating and clapping for him. And Hangman waved him in for the hug. God oh. damn. Fuck. Oh. And I had to say, on BTE, there's a funny Dark Order Hangman bit where the Dark Order is telling Hangman about all the gifts that they bought him with his money. And now Hangman's in debt because he gave all that money away. <laughs> funny. That's a funny bit. On and there. that's why you don't give away money to charity. <laughs> oh, and also I forgot Colt Cabana brings out some beers. They're like, you don't drink. Hangman. Hmm? And they're like, you don't drink. And Hangman drinks them both. Mm. So. Yeah. Great match. I love this match. I freaking love this match. It's, I mean, there was some fuckery in the match, but not a lot. But we went where we needed to go, it which is. classic. I just loved it. The, the Dark Order and Hangman Page taking out Kenny Omega in the Bullet Club. 
through the power of friendship. Is that what's next? That's what's gotta be coming, oh, man. I hope that's we gotta next. get there. Book okay. it, coward Tony. All right. Then we have our ladder match for a yeah. shot at the TNT belt. You gotta climb that ladder and grab that big old fucking Cheerio in the sky. A literal, literal brass rank. And at this point, it's been what, two years? Can yeah. we stop the stupid ass shots? Yeah. Like, we get it, Cody. And you know this was a Cody thing. I'm not that mad at it. I'm not that mad. I'm not mad at it. It's all right. It's whatever. I mean, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but, but I'm going to um, bitch on the radio. I'm just going to say, before we even talk about this match, I was very excited for this match. And I would have to say that this, because of how excited I was, this is my least favorite match. Yeah, I didn't care. I, I, I didn't care for this. So, you have Max Caster come out. He does his little rap. I had to have one of the references explained to me. But I do have to say the the comment about Cuomo having blood on his hands. That's pretty good. Whew. That's pretty good, Max. Pretty good. Good job, bud. Then we have Lance Archer, who comes out with Jake the Snake. He punches someone in the crowd. You know, classic Archer. Love that. We have Scorpio Sky. Womp womp. Yeah. We have Penta El Zero Miedo. My pick. My pick. Who I wanted to win. Actually, that's not who I picked to win. That's who I wanted to win. Right. Then we have Cody, who's actually looking pretty buff. Doesn't he look, like, huge? I thought he looked really big. Huge piece of shit. <laughs> he comes out with Arn. He's got... I don't... What, what's up with his shoulder? Because doesn't he have, like, a torn... I thought he rotator did. Rotator cuff? I thought he had an issue I there. I think it's actually injured, so... I mean, that's pretty tough. I guess. Or, you or know... Or stupid. I don't know. You know, a, a, a normal person would have just sat the fuck out saying, you know what... Let someone else have a shot while I rest up. Yeah. But no. And then we have our mystery person. And uh, this is who I who I picked who I thought was going to win. I thought, like, we'd have a mystery person would come in and win. It ended up being Ethan Page, who I guess was Impact Champ and PWG Tag Champ. And I wrote this down. This is very specific. But when I see Ethan Page, he just reminds me of, like, a kid I didn't like in high school. God damn. He reminds me of this kid who was, like, hung out with the popular kids but wasn't popular. You know what I'm saying? That kid. Yeah, that straggler. I don't know fucking anything about Ethan Page. He just looks like someone I don't like. Fucking social straggler. <laughs> There's his gimmick. Put that on a t-shirt. I mean... This is probably exciting to some people, but, like, I don't... I mean, I saw him at AIW, but I don't know anything about him. So this was a very anticlimactic mystery guess for me. But whatever, they can't all be your choice, you know? They can't... I mean, they could design the show around what I like, but... Ben Coward should. Coney... Coney... <laughs> Coward Tony... Coney oh. Towered? <laughs> Coney Towered! <laughs> So, 
I mean, I wrote a bunch of notes. I have nothing. You know, it was a it was a just, subpar ladder match, is what it was. There were some the good spot. There were the, some good spots. There were some weird spots. But you know, I I. There was a lot of like weird botchiness. Like at one point, Ethan Page has Scorpio. I don't know. It looked like he was trying to do some kind of side slam. But, like, Scorpio just kind of falls on his head on the corner of the ladder. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Oh, and then, this was a good spot. You had a ladder set up from apron to, like, the rail. Right. Fucking Penta does a destroyer on Cody on it. Yes. That was pretty legit. Which takes Cody out for a good portion of the match. Um, I have to say, I feel like Penta can do it all. And I feel like a ladder match is somewhere where he really shines. And I just don't feel like he had anyone in there to play off of. Definitely. Definitely not. Um, that that was my vibe for the whole match. I just felt like there was no one else there who really shines in that kind of match. So I just felt like uh, we did Penta dirty a little bit. I do... I will say that I did like the whole sequence where uh, Ethan Page tries to hit a blackout on Archer. Jake <laughs> Jake beats up on Page. Then Penta super kicks Jake the Snake. And he goes down. Is that what happened? Am oh, I... yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Basically, Jake the Snake Took a beating and I loved it. It was and funny. He, he acted like he was gonna die afterwards. Like nowhere. He, he was sitting on the apron, grimacing for a long time. It just like reminded me of like when my dad like fucking eats Ugh. two hot dogs in one minute. Jesus. <laughs> He's just sitting there, fucking in pain. I'm winded, brother. <laughs> I'm winded from the stew meat, brother. <laughs> That made me laugh, like, probably too much. Uh, Cody comes back in before that. Yeah. He whips Ethan with a belt. Cody does this whole stupid fucking thing where he he leaves the ring to go fucking powwow with Arn Anderson in the entrance tunnel. Yeah, they just hang out in the tunnel for, like, ten minutes. Uh, like... And then he goes back. And then he comes back out. We end up in a goddamn face-off at the top of a ladder between Cody and Scorpio Sky. Wow. Whoever wins, I don't give a shit. <laughs> what a fucking dump. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a bunch of other stuff, but I don't feel like even talking about it. What you want? This is probably... You know, talk about a close finish for a second biggest dud finish of the night. Um. Hey. Don't <laughs> piss me off already. That match does not have a dud finish. That match was over. Ooh. Ooh, we're going we're gonna to get to that. We're going to get to that. So, yeah. Scorpio Sky gets a shot at the TNT belt Wednesday. That'll be fucking riveting. That's not nice. But, ooh, guess what's happening? The new contract signer's coming out. Oh, shit. We got a countdown clock. It could be anyone. Oh, shit. Someone 
who outworks everyone. Oh my God! Is it Kurt Angle? Is it is it Brock Lesnar? Is it Batista? Is it is it CM Punk? My God! Is it going to be CM? Oh, it's fucking <laughs> nothing. It's Christian Cage. Oh no! I feel really mean. I feel really mean. He comes out. He picks up a contract at the podium. The oh. crowd looked fucking excited. The yeah. crowd was fucking excited. Look, I get it. Christian means a lot to some people. To me, he's just the the other guy in the cool tag team from the Attitude Era. I didn't really care for that tag team. I mean, he was <laughs> he wasn't as impressive as you know. It was the lesser of the three tag teams. I just of its day. I don't want to be a dick because. Yes, just, you do. Just because... Roll with it. Just because Christian doesn't mean anything to me doesn't mean he doesn't mean shit to other people. But this isn't about other people. Other people can do their own podcast. I'm sure some people were very excited about this. But I also have to ask, isn't the whole gimmick of outworking everyone Cody's thing? And some people fucking love Applebee's. I mean, you know, there's no accounting for What taste. the fuck are you talking about? I just asked you a question. Isn't the outwork everyone Cody's thing? Cody's thing is do the work. Christian's thing is outwork everyone. Isn't that like the same thing that... Boy, they, I smell a feud of brewing. Their thing is that like they work harder than anyone else. Right? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Which like, is funny because they both kind of got a contract by just calling up Tony Khan and saying, Hey, boss. You know what this is, though? We have another person in AEW who is an unfinished business person. Someone that never got to end their careers the way they wanted to. And JR was that. Sting was that. Dustin Rhodes is that. I mean, I don't hate the concept, but maybe let's let's slow down on bringing in these unfinished business people. That's all I'm saying. I just feel yeah. like there's a lot of people in this company. Like, there's not... There's more than there's even airtime for. Here's the thing. The way they... And nothing against Christian, but the way this was hyped up, it was like oh. this... There was like a list of maybe five, maybe ten names that could live up to this kind of hype. And Christian wasn't on that list. I want to know whose idea it was to hype it up like this because I feel like if this wasn't Christian's idea, they kind of did him dirty. Yes. Because with that kind of hype, you would think it was the fucking second coming of Jesus. How would he ever live up to that? I mean, if it wasn't, you know, I mean, we, we all can probably just guess the names that that top five or ten could be. And, mm. you know, I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. But I will say for me, if he really means something to you, then you're probably excited. What is this positivity bullshit? It's not positivity. It's just, see, I do this thing where I think outside of myself and how other people may feel. Well, that ain't going to get clicks, baby. <laughs> that ain't going to get them fucking asses in the seats All listening right. to this. Next, we have Taz coming out. On commentary, because next is a goddamn street fight. Now, this was fantastic, but if we're going to think outside ourselves, I do want to say. What? I, you got something I, negative to say about this? 
I have nothing to say negative about the actual presentation and what was on screen. I will say, if you went to this show expecting to see Sting's in-ring return, and instead you got a movie, I could see I being wouldn't. a little upset. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I could see being a little... I don't. Because it was marketed... I thought this was about us. This it... is fucking great. It was marketed as a street fight. It wasn't marketed as like a something that was clearly a cinematic match. You know what I mean? Are people complaining about this online? Because this has this thought has ne has not crossed my mind once. This is a new thought for me. It could be. I mean, I'm not really willing to dump on the match because the match itself was great and and well presented and extremely entertaining. I'm just saying, I could see that being a, oh man. I guess. Like, if you thought you were actually going to see... I guess I could see that. I don't feel like I would, though. Okay, fair enough. But I guess I could see your point. But I, I had never thought about that. Like, if you bought a ticket so to this thing to see Sting specifically in the ring, live and in person, for the first time... it. I feel like you're better off with this Sting. I, I agree. I feel like this is the way to do it. I want to make a case for cinematic matches. I have nothing against cinematic matches when they're done well. This was done very well. And Sting looked like a million fucking bucks. My brother was watching it with us and he made a good point. He compared the cinematic matches to digital shorts on SNL. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a genius comparison. Because, like, first of all, you have an older wrestler in there. I don't know what sting's limitations are but if we just do cinematic matches we never have to know what his limitations are correct i mean he looked good on dynamite and he looked good here so i don't know what his limitations are and i don't need to know we got new environments we can go new places and i also feel like it's a good palate cleanser in a pay-per-view. Yes. They, it's kind of like a breather. They needed the time to set up that ring for the main yes, event. Yes. That's that's another thing. Like, when digital shorts on SNL gives them a chance to set up, you know, the next thing while they're rolling it. I just feel like cinematic matches, to me, make a lot of sense. I agree. I love it. So, any hoozle. Are we going to paint a picture of this cinematic match? Go for it. We have Starks getting picked up. In a crazy green car by Brian Cage. Were they like at the top of a skyscraper or something? Or Why was that car on the top of a skyscraper? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so they drive out to an abandoned building. Inside, a ring is set up. What is this? Tom Fullery. Next, we have Sting in a truck. He's driving around. Darby's music's playing. It's actually really cool. And there's like an army... Of hoodlums, they said. Wearing, like, masks with, like, Sting's face paint on them. And Darby's skateboarding, and he grabs the back of Sting's truck. And they head on out to the abandoned building. And, um... I mean, we don't have to go through everything that happens, but... The match starts, and it's a really cool visual, because it's, like, a really dark, creepy abandoned building. And all the hoodlums are around the ring, and they're banging on the ring... Darby, like, jumps off a brick wall. 
I mean, there are so many great spots in this. It was kind of funny how, like, when, you know, when the hoodlums started getting their asses kicked by, uh, by, uh, Starks and Cage, I thought it was funny how, like, they ended up being more like putty patrol than, yeah. than hoodlums because they got knocked out with one hit each. They were the putty patrol. And then um, Cage drags Darby off into the building. And Sting is stalking Ricky with the bat. It felt like a horror movie. It, it did. It, it was did. really fun. It turned into a, to a slasher. He throws the bat away. We cut back to Cage with Darby. And at one point, he lifts up Darby vertically, and is just walking up the stairs. This means nothing to Brian Cage. Brian Cage is such a freak of nature. He can carry a man vertically up the stairs. That flight of stairs, I'd be half dead just walking up carrying my own ass. I know. <laughs> but he's got Darby up. Um, And upstairs, we have lots of fun uh, weapons. And I remember thinking the whole time, like, okay, so we're doing this and we have weapons. Why is the FTW belt not the hardcore belt? Because literally, barrels, pipes, filing cabinets, fire extinguishers, beer bottles, tables, two-by-fours, and shovels. Make it the cinematic match title. Seriously, I just... Let that belt... Because, like, you got people online who are like, let's do something with the belt. And then other people online who are like, that belt doesn't mean shit. Why can't we just make it the hardcore belt? That would be so great. I really would like to know the politics behind that. Because I feel like... I feel like it's Cody. I really do. Cody's stopping this? I really do. He doesn't want anything to overshadow the TNT title, his cosplay belt. Oh, yeah. At one point, he says, like, the TNT belt is as important as the the world championship. Wrong dipshit. In the promo material for that other match. But anyway, shithead Cody, let us have our hardcore belt. So, we got some fuckery in there. Will Hobbs, well, I mean, it's a street fight, so. It's a fuckery match. <laughs> yeah. Hobbs and Hook show up. Hook. Darby is not through... There's like a window pane set up against the wall. He goes through the glass and the wood comes down and conks him on the head. Blah, 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 blah. We go back downstairs. Fucking Darby throws. Fucking Sting is bat back. And there's a crazy ass spot. Okay. That really, and and to me, that really had the vibe of, like, the end of every Resident Evil game. Where, like, oh, you're yeah. fighting the tyrant the or the monster or something. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a shadowy figure is like, here, use this. And tosses it down from an elevated position. And it's a rocket launcher. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. Why not use that as inspiration? I'm, I'm fine with it. Okay. Crazy ass spot. On... I guess they're on, like, the second floor. I don't know. There's a giant open area Mm. in the middle of the floor with a rail over it. And set up over that is wood. Sting sets up Brian Cage on the wood. Darby jumps from the floor above onto Cage, which falls down a floor. So Darby goes through two floors. 
I mean, it's a crash pad, but it's a very well-concealed crash pad. That's which just is, give me the visual. That's all I ask. It's um, it's almost like the visual is a very important part. You better shut your of selling the story. You better shut your damn hole right now. Whoa, we're gonna have. What was that? It was a ding. <laughs> Why? Because I'm correct. Oh my god! So we have, they're they're done. Darby and Cage are gone. So we just have Sting and Starks in the ring. Oh, we know it was funny too. So Sting is beating on Starks, and they added musical stings into, not to say Sting again, but like I can't think of another word for it, like musical prompts when he would hit him, hit him, he'd be like dun dun. Mm. No, they didn't. They didn't use a Law and Order, but it was like dun. And he'd do a movie like duh. For a second, I thought you said they were they were adding in like you know like Sting the the musician. They were adding that in. Sting the musical. Like God, Tony's just throwing money around left and right. I couldn't think of a better word than musical sting because that's what they call that. Is that like his Twitter handle or something? <laughs> musical sting. But, yeah, the fact that they added those, like, duh sounds, I thought was really fun. And Sting ends up winning. He does the Scorpion Death Drop. He gets the win. I think I love this match too much. I fucking love this. My inner middle school child was fucking going nuts. I love this. This was fantastic. This was a great... It was exactly what they set out to make it, and it worked. On every level, it worked. Yeah, Sting looked fucking great. It's almost like... Everybody looked great. It's almost like you bring if you bring in a legend, you don't go out of your way to embarrass them. What? You don't fucking bring someone in and then just destroy them for no reason? No, apparently. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe I don't know the business, Everything's brother. Everything's a lie. <laughs> No, this is great. I feel so happy for Sting that he's able to come in and, like, really do some shit. Yeah. He's really been doing some shit. Good for him. I can't believe that he's 61. That's that's ridiculous. I can't fucking believe it. He looks fucking great. Good for you, bud. Because I know you're listening to this. Yeah, Sting. Sting's listening to our podcast. Good job, bud. I loved it. Call us up. We got some ideas for you. <laughs> what? We don't. Tag team with Musical Sting. <laughs> All right. Final goddamn match of the night. Oh. Exploding barbed wire death match for the AEW World Championship. And exploding has three or four asterisks next to it. Shut your hole. We have Kenny with Dawn. Versus Moxley. One thing I really appreciated here, and and maybe this is something good that can come out of this. What? Kenny didn't have any of his horse shit tonight. Mm. He didn't have his wacky entrance. There were no cleaner girls. Mm -hmm. Although I think having cleaner girls in bomb suits might have been a... <laughs> that would have been cute. That would have been cute. But now was not the time. Now was not the time. It was, was all business. Serious. It was cleaner Kenny coming out to do business. Serious ass Kenny. And I feel like this needs to be the turning point for that. Please. Yeah, Kenny looked fucking great. Here's what I loved. Moxley comes in through the side. And he had that really cool jacket on. Which I guess is an homage to Onita. Oh, damn. 
I didn't know that. I heard it in the commentary. He's got a flask. <laughs> the man has a flask. And I you know what I thought? Why haven't I seen this before? Why haven't I seen people come out with a flask before? PG product. Well, this is a pay-per-view, so they can do what they want. And, uh... Isn't yeah. it crazy to think that, you know, Stone Cold today would have to be fucking drinking, like, drinking the dew or something? The Mountain Dew? <laughs> he fucking would. Oh my god, I could actually see that happening. Or whoever's sponsoring at the time. Ooh, there's fucking... Toss awesome. him a couple of Snickers in the ring, brother. Yeah, that's what it would be. God. Oy. So, we start this match. This match is so fucking great. There's great pacing. The whole beginning is real, like, whoa moments. Because, like, people keep coming really close to the barbed wire. They keep trying to push each other's faces in the barbed wire. So, it doesn't just, like, go immediately into, like... No. Into shit. There's real, like... It's actual wrestling match. Listen, there's great psychology in this match. Ooh, is there Brian Alvarez? You know what? <laughs> you know what you can do? <laughs> you can shut up. Uh, all right. There's Fucking a, Christ. There's a trash can on the stage. It's filled with weapons. Where You're... Moxley pulls out a barbed wire bat. What? You're a trash can on the stage. <laughs> you fuck. Oh, something funny Don says? Yeah. He says, Kenny grew up on the tough streets of Winnipeg. The <laughs> mean streets. That's hilarious. Yeah. At one point, we have pocket sand. <laughs> and uh, that's when Mox gets sent into the into the ropes for the first explosion. Which looked good. It did. Smoke, sparks. What more could you want? Perfect. And and then also, here's how I know that the, it looked good too, because the crowd was chanting holy shit after that. Right. So it had to have been a decent explosion. But it was just smoke and sparks, right? Right. Isn't that what a crowd should expect? Should a crowd be expecting actual bombs? A crowd should expect... Because they were fun with the smoke and the sparks here. Because it looked good. It was it was set up. Listen, it's like any special effect. If the special effect, no, of course you know. Yeah, but you know he didn't actually get burned with the sparks or anything. Yeah, and you know that in a movie too. But when yeah. you're watching a movie, you still expect a certain level of of quality of that effect to sell you what's going on in the You can't it to a movie because this is live. I understand that, but there are still ways to do that. And, All right. and AEW we'll, we'll, has we'll, enough we'll, of a production we'll, budget. We'll get to it. All right. Okay. So we got a damn trash can in the ring. Fucking Moxley takes a Kataro Crusher to it, comes up bleeding like crazy above his eye. He's got a crimson mask. Um, He gets thrown into a wooden board covered in wire in the corner. Gets all stuck on it. Anything to add to that? <laughs> I, I, I almost feel like to a degree, and, and I mean, I know this is kind of like hindsight because of how we know the finish happened. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like they did this match a disservice by adding the exploding element to it 
Because if this had just been a barbed wire death match or a lights out match part two, this would have been remembered as one for the ages. And what are you doing making the stink <laughs> we'll eye at me? We'll get to it. You know, let's just skip ahead. I won't go move for move, but let's talk about the triple hell section. Yes. This was set up on the outside. It's wood covered in wire. And when they land on it, it's supposed to explode. Right. Okay. So Kenny takes a paradigm. I think it was a paradigm shift. Off the apron. He lands head first into the into it. Moxley's laying in it. And there's an explosion. I didn't know until after this was over and I was talking to you. <laughs> but this thing in your And my brothers that this was disappointing. I never for one second it never crossed my mind that that explosion wasn't good enough. It, the man went head first in the barbed wire. And that part is and great. And people are going to complain about the fucking puff of smoke that Yes, because they were promised a bomb. If they had oh, said, please listen, set up grenades, listen, Tony, no, and kill no, everyone. See, no, no. See, if they had just said, okay, the ring will explode if you touch the ropes. And on the outside, it's surrounded with, you know, boards with barbed wire on them. Fine. I don't but understand you led why the that audience, wasn't good enough. You led the, I don't know either, but you led the audience to believe that this was triple hell and these were basically landmines. But I thought what came out from underneath the wood was the same as when he would hit the ropes. It was just some sparks and some smoke. And That's the same thing that happened when he hit the ropes and people were chanting, holy shit. And part of me honestly thinks a lot of this is a casualty of... The fact that production equipment is just so goddamn high definition now. I feel like before, if you were watching a match on TV, you wouldn't necessarily be able to see every little spark and every little, you know, detail. It all kind of would have blurred together and the effect would have been, oh, that was devastating. Here, you got to kind of make up for that increased detail. I don't know. I, I don't know... I guess I'm just not giving it as as much of a curve as you are. Like I just I'm not giving it a curve. When I saw that, I never for one second thought that was a disappointing explosion. The man just went head first into wood and barbed wire and some smoke and sparks came out just like when they hit the wires. I don't know more smokes, more more smoke, more sparks. That's all they needed. They just needed Okay, More but that seems that to me seems like a nitpicky thing to go after. I disagree. I don't know if a fucking person goes headfirst into barbed wire and wood, and someone's like, "Well, that was disappointing," I'd be like, "Go fuck yourself." It's they set that, but they set that expectation. But the explosion was just like the ones when he hit the fucking ropes, and people were chanting "Holy shit!" for some smoke and sparks. But for some reason, this smoke and sparks was not good enough. I don't understand. Well, you know, let we'll, let's it work. It just didn't look that great on television. Let's work our way to the end. There was, there was a lot of nuts parts, nuts parts, crazy parts. I Just go back and watch the match. Here, one thing I... It's I, fucking great. It, it, it was a great match. Listen, I, and I want to be clear. 
the two guys in the match gave everything they fucking had. I don't... The actual in-ring work, the work with the barbed wire, the blood, the crimson mask, everything to do with that, everything to do with the actual two guys having the match was amazing. I'm not taking anything away from that. I am saying that... I know you're fucking yeah, under Yeah, you're, you, you over-deliver and under-promise. And... Oh, thank you, Brian Alvarez. Oh, my God. Oh, my does, God. Does, does he have some Why don't of... you just repeat everything he says? Does he have some kind of fucking monopoly? That... This is why I don't watch reviews before we do our review, because you're just repeating him. That's cu- that that's common fucking mm-hmm. That's a common fucking mm-hmm. phrase. I don't see it on a t-shirt he's hawking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my god, I'm going to fight you. So, lots of good stuff happened, but let's skip ahead to when the Chiz brothers come out. Chiz brothers. Fucking he Kenny ends up with a barbed wire bat that explodes. That's Now see, that's uh, apparently that's okay. Okay, so he hits him with the bat, and there's a puff of smoke. No, but apparently it, that puff of smoke is good enough. Yes, I don't understand what you're not getting about this. Like, they're it's not created. I'm not equal. saying the very last thing. I'm talking about the triple hell section. Yes. It's just weird to me that someone would complain about the triple hell section because the bat, the way the bat was delivered, and the sparks went off right in his face, or at least appeared to. It looked impressive. It looked like it well, really... Well, the sparks couldn't be in his face on in Triple Hell because he was laying in barbed wire and it was on top of wood. But you could have... And, and look, I'm not an engineer. <laughs> I'm not... Uh, I'm just a simple man. I feel like I'm going crazy. So then we have a three-on-one situation. They set up a chair. Kenny gives him a one-winged angel onto a set-up chair. And then uh, all of a sudden the countdown music starts. There's no like countdown clock, but the countdown music to to make you scared. Oh, I was scared. Yeah, I was pinching my scrope. Fucking the Chiz Brothers. Chiz Brothers. Oh, um, I forgot to say when he does the one winged angel, he gets the win. Yes. The Chiz Brothers put handcuffs. Actually, they say Kiz, but I call them Chiz. Either way, I like it better. They handcuff Mox, behind, his hands behind his back. Uh, Kenny has a barbed wire bat that he just scrapes across Mox's head. So basically there just continues to be a beat down. Yes. Even and, though the match is over and the clock is starting to tick down. And again, even in the context of a barbed wire exploding ring death match, Kenny Omega... Can't get the job done without some fuckery on the part of someone else. Yeah. And it's funny that they argue on commentary. Like, that's what, you know, Tony and JR are saying. And, like, Don Callis is telling them they're unprofessional. <laughs> and they're, that was the commentary was really entertaining. So then a siren kicks in, and we get the actual countdown. We got a minute, and they're really fucking something. We got one minute... Till fucking blood, death, and explosions. The way they sold this. I mean, they really sold it like the fucking building was going to come down. Yes. 
They're like, what's Kenny and them still doing in the ring? Get out of the ring. What are you guys doing? You there are no fail-safes. This, this, this ring's coming down. They really fucking sold it. Fucking Kingston comes out. Butcher and Blade come out too, but Kingston comes out to save him. Butcher and Blade are like, fuck this. We're going to the back. He tries to get the handcuffs on him. He can't do it, so he lays on his friend. And goddamn, when Kingston came out, you fucking screamed. I did. And this is it part of the reason amazing. I'm so pissed. This is part God. of the reason I'm so pissed off. No, I get that. I get this that. This was such an amazing goddamn long-term storytelling payoff. Ugh. And it was perfect booking. And it was incredible. And it was such a success. And I'm invested. And my emotions are red fucking hot. And I'm like, oh shit, he's going to fucking die to save this man's life. Knowing it's not actually going to be a death, but by God, I believe it at this point. This was so good. And then, nothing. I can't even imagine what this explosion was supposed to look like that would have been good enough for that story. I would have known it when I saw it. <laughs> I didn't see it. You know, okay, the first time I watched this, when the explosion goes off, I immediately thought, oh, this is a joke. Don Callis is going to start laughing. Kenny's going to come out and start laughing. And you know, I watched it again today, and I was like, well, maybe it wasn't as bad as I remember. That was the <laughs> saddest fucking shit I've ever seen. It literally, it literally was sparklers. It was Gilbert's fucking entrance. Oh my god! I quit taking other people's jokes. No, that's that's on the internet. People are saying that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're taking other people's jokes. Yeah, but that's in the collective unconscious. It's also <laughs> you can just take it. Yeah, that's the way it works, baby. It was literally sparklers. And when I first watched this, I thought, oh, okay, like they set this up as a fucking gag, but then. After a brief pause. The commentary continued to sell it. Like it was a fucking new. They talked about casualties. The word casualties after casualties. seeing four sparklers go off. Fucking Eddie's dead now. They have medical in there checking him. And I don't understand why this part was so long. Why wouldn't you just cut away end of the show? But no, this is really long. Eddie just is laying there on him. Medical is checking them. This is just awkwardly continuing. People in the crowd are booing and screaming refund. And that's <sighs> a dick move. Like, look, that's a that's a dick move. But you know what? I can understand maybe not the way they reacted, but I can understand the disappointment at, at, at that crowd. Like, at the way that ended. That was just... Ugh. I don't... <laughs> Alright. I put down some questions you, in my notes for us to answer. I, you, you know what? Never mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be classy. Let me add some structure to this. Why was it done this way? When there are camera tricks. Yes. Here is my initial thought. I thought... Why wouldn't you have a ton of fire and smoke right in front of the camera and then cut away? Because I thought, I think in my head, this makes sense. Even if it looks shitty for the thousand people in the crowd, the million people watching at home would see fire and smoke 
and then the show's over. Here's what you do. Cut the lights, flicker the lights, mm. you know, maybe have some sparklers at the top in strategic places on the ceiling, like the fucking entire grid is coming down in the building. Mm. Then you cut the lights, have like a strobe show of some kind, mm. and then just flood the ring with smoke and, and dry ice shit. I just, I, I'm just so curious as to what it was supposed to look like. There are ways to do this without, you know, legitimately killing a man. Nobody expected that, but we expected uh. a believable visual. And you know what? You came up with a really good... Here's my. Here's why I'm sort of mad at AEW. Why wasn't there a plan B? How do you do a match like this, knowing the history of technical difficulties that this match has, and not have a contingency plan? Fucking duds happen. You go to a fireworks store and buy fireworks, sometimes there's a fucking dud. Duds just happen. This is live television. And you came up with a really genius idea. Okay, plan B. Kenny stands in the tunnel watching. If the fireworks suck, he comes out laughing, which is a cue to Eddie Kingston to fucking not be dead, and a cue to commentary, don't fucking sell this because it was a dud. Then they could have immediately gone into, haha, got you guys, you're so fucking stupid. It's just a prank, bro. Wouldn't that have been such an easy plan B? Easy plan B, Kenny stands in the tunnel. And it's, and what gets me is it's so obvious. Mm -hmm. Were they so sure that this was going to work? No way. That's what's so confusing to me. That Why were they so 100% sure? On a production of this level, like, considering the amount of money and talent, and, and, you know, knowledge of the business that's in this company, why would you ever do this without having a backup just-in-case shit happens? I don't know. My next question I wrote down is, what is our way out of this? Okay. Should we talk about what Mox said? Start with that. Then okay. I'll... Okay, so after the show, Mox comes back out. The people's champion, John Moxley, comes out and says to the crowd, Kenny can't make a bomb worth a shit. I can't remember exactly what he says. He can't set up something worth a shit. He's a tough son of a bitch, but he can't build an exploding ring worth a shit. Yeah. And I got to give this to Mox. He turned that hostile crowd around in one minute flat. And that's yeah. why he is... The people's champ. Exactly. Well, yeah, like... Literally, as he's talking, people are screaming bullshit. But and he then turned them around. Five seconds later, they're fucking screaming for him. They're happy. So. That's damage control. Per professional wrestling crowds, honestly, they can be won over. They want to like the product. This can be fixed. So now I guess the storyline is. You know what it was? Huh. And, and this is a really crude fucking analogy, but I'm going to use it. Because I under, like, with the emotional investment of, especially of seeing Eddie come out mm -hmm. and the payoff of that fucking storyline and knowing how much AEW fans love Moxley and they love Eddie Kingston and, and they were just, my God, it's, it's happening and, and this is it. It was a ruined fucking orgasm. Ew. <laughs> That's disgusting. You could have just used the word anticlimactic. I could have, 
But but you just wasted my time going through that whole thing. And it's not something gross. Thanks, bud. Anywho. So I guess the storyline is now that Kenny built a dud. Now here's the problem with that. There's no way for Eddie Kingston to not look stupid. And I feel like that's what makes me the saddest about this. Because I love Eddie Kingston and he's like such a pro and such a fucking badass dude. And they made him look stupid. But I will say, if there is anyone who could talk their way out of this, Eddie Kingston will come up with something. Here's how I think you get out of this, okay? You have commentary. First of all, here's how you fix the commentary piece. Because to me, the commentary is the hardest part to just memory hole. Yeah. You have commentary really push the point tomorrow night on Dynamite that from where they were sitting, from their angle... Oh, yeah, that's easy then. Yeah, from their angle, it looked a lot worse than it was. Yeah. And you have Eddie Kingston come out. And Eddie Kingston, in his own Eddie Kingston way, cuts a promo about how the flight or fight response, the adrenaline, the shock... I don't need you writing a piece for Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston will come up with his own shit. Compare it to like being in a drive-by or something where even if the bullet doesn't hit you, your body is still in that state. I don't need you writing a piece for Eddie Kingston. Let's just say Eddie Kingston will come up with something. What was wrong with that? Yeah, but I don't want to hear it from you. I don't give a rat's ass what you think. So, my third question... How do we manage expectations? Now, is this a TED talk? I'm about to go on a TED talk right now. I I need to talk to professional wrestling fans because uh obviously they need to hear this. I'm sorry everyone, but we cannot have actual explosives that blow up and kill people. How long have you been watching professional wrestling, okay? A lot of this shit ain't real, bud. We can't actually blow people up, okay? So. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no. no, no, I'm not done with my TED Talk. If I was in that fucking crowd, and after that great-ass show, in that amazing main event, if I heard someone scream refund because the fireworks weren't good enough for them, I would have to slap some people. What is it with you going to wrestling shows live and being ready to fucking fight people? (laughs) It's just something about the atmosphere. I Tell me people screaming bullshit and refund is not disgusting after the fucking show those people put on. After that match with Kenny and Moxley, which was a classic. I wish the whole thing had just ended when the match was over, but it didn't. Okay? And, you know, it's a live show and shit happens. But for someone to scream refund and bullshit, that's fucking disgusting. It was bad. Look, was it in good taste? No. Refund? Fuck you. You got your money's worth. Fuck yeah. But bullshit in the in the immediate aftermath of that, of, of the emotional expectations that were set, I can understand bullshit. No. Oh my god, if we were there and you screamed bullshit, I would have fucking choked you out. 
I would have fucking killed you. I'm not even kidding. These are fucking real people who are busting their asses. And because a fucking firework doesn't go off, it we're all gonna fucking destroy the show. Was the show destroyed? I feel like people's reaction destroyed it. I Like, come on. I this, feel like you're giving them way too... I understand what you're saying. This is fucking professional wrestling, okay? You knew it was just gonna be smoke bombs and fucking sparks, okay? Like, come on. It... I gotta tell you, I don't think there's any reason to dump over the entire show because of that last special effect not going off. But again, I feel like that special effect was crucial to the story they were trying to tell. And for them not to have a plan B to control for that, I think that is bullshit. I will say it was a mistake to not have a plan B, but... It was a self-inflicted wound. Yeah, You know what I think this is? Here's what I think this is. People are fucking jumping on this because everyone is bored and miserable. So it's like, ooh, somebody fucked up. Let's fucking blow it way out of proportion because I have nothing to do. And I want to bitch about how other people are fucked up and not have to concentrate on how fucked up I am. They completely botched the I'm bored and I need some drama. Okay, and I get for whatever reason you're, you're really giving them the benefit of the doubt here. Which I would even be inclined to do. I said it was a dud. I said it was lame. And I said they should have had a plan B. So how dare people react? I mean... I mean... Come on. The way this has been. Like, shit happens. It's professional wrestling. Come on. It is. And you know the kind of fan you have as a professional wrestling company. When you watch professional wrestling, you have to fucking suspend disbelief. And it's hard to do that when a man looks like he's going to jump on a grenade in World War II and firecrackers go off and you don't have a yeah, contingency. Yeah, but it's not his fault. No, it's not. And I don't blame. So why are we fucking making all the wrestlers feel miserable because some shit didn't go off? They put on a hell of a show and it's like, well, let's just fucking harp on this one shitty thing. Like, no one is even talking about the rest of the show. It's because you, and this is just my opinion, you built up such an emotional climax to that story. Yeah. In the last minute, and you completely botched that emotional climax. Does it suck? Yes. It's not the same thing as even like Do we all need to shit our pants about it? No. It's not the same thing as like the board not going off like in the triple hell. Like that, yes, I wish the explosion was a little bigger. That was fine. But that was, yeah, at the end of the day, it was what it was. There was barbed wire. Okay, fine. It was still fucking cool. But to have such perfect booking that you need that visual to sell and you completely botch it and you don't have a plan B, I can understand people being I'm upset. I'm not talking about, I mean, okay. I just think about how sad it must have been backstage when they put on such a good show and the whole thing is ruined. And then on top of that, you have people in the crowd screaming they want a refund. It's well, people sad. Are, people, it is, you know, it is sad and people are animals. But I feel like the fact that Moxley was able to bring them around so quickly shows that, you know what? People wanted to like the show. People wanted to like that match. People were invested in that match. 
and and really at the end of the day people were really really invested in you know the emotional end they were trying to get across but still, and they just had the wind sucked out of their I sails know, it's true it was for me too but like why can't we just like look at the fact that this is awesome this is like a eddie kingston like good, good guy thing this is this is great why can't we just like fucking move on with our lives like like we were listening to figure four and he was talking about how like People message him saying they're depressed. Okay, if you're, they're if you're, depressed. That's a bit much. Like, get a fucking life. But I can see in the in the very you know days so, okay, later, so if you're this. depressed about this, <laughs> yeah, you probably need to do something about yourself. Um. So if you were in that crowd, would you have screamed bullshit? I can't say what I would have done in the crowd. I probably would have been like, "What?" Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, I, I... I'm not saying you should have been up there fucking cheering. I, I don't think I would have screamed bullshit. I don't think I would have screamed... I, I certainly, I I certainly wouldn't have screamed refund. If this had happened at a WWE event where the rest of the card was straight fucking hot garbage for seven hours, <laughs> yeah, I would have screamed refund. I screamed refund at, you know, WrestleMania in New Orleans because that fucking... That fucking show Everybody. was trash. Everybody was. Everybody was not chanting that at this show, you know? You had one or two people amplified by the fact that... I don't that know, was... there was a lot of booing. Well, there was some booing, and you know what? The booing was even justified. No, it wasn't. The booing is not justified. Because you're booing the wrestlers. So oh, the people yeah. in the crowd are like, Boo the technical people who set up the fucking explosives. Boo you. Yay the wrestlers. But boo the tech... No. The, You're booing the the people who put the no, show on. It had nothing to do with that the, fucking being a dud. I feel like in context, though, you can you can see what the boo was for. Obviously, the booing was not for Eddie Kingston or any of the wrestlers involved. In the context, well, how do you think that makes them feel. In the context of that show. All right, let's just let's just end this ranting. Agree to disagree. We'll we'll just have to disagree and see how this plays out. I think they'll salvage uh, it. I think they have to. They will. This is fucking professional wrestling. Suspend disbelief. Move on with your life. It's a new fucking day. Let's move on. Oh. I will say... Oh. I just want to say this was a very good pay-per-view. It was. I would rate this as a really liked pay-per-view. A lot of good shit. I think... I agree. I do agree. But I think between, you know, the, uh, obviously the, what happened in the main event and the, the don't, reveal. Don't the reveal call of, it the main event. The main event was over. The main event was great. Okay, fine. The, the, You're talking about the post-credit. Between whatever we call that, mm -hmm. between what happened and the signing, who the signing was hyped up kind of to be and... And versus who it actually ended up being. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was just kind of a hard lesson for AEW in managing expectations. Or at the very least, having a contingency ready to go. Boing, you think how you think and it's stupid and I think how I think and it's correct. But what if I think your th way of thinking is stupid and I'm correct? Let's do, who is the stud in the dead of the night? Hmm. Dud of the Night's the fucking pyro guy. <laughs> Literally a dud. <laughs> Literally a dud. That's a dud. Who's the stud? Stud of the Night. Mm. I'm 
I'm comfortable making it a three-way tie between Kenny, John, and, and Eddie Kingston. You know what? I'm going to say Eddie Kingston, and here's why. Nobody on that card, even in that death match, got the fucking reaction from me. Just, oh, that's true. Just the un... Like, just the involuntary reaction that Eddie Kingston got from me. That That's my stud of the night. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I'm going to have to give my stud to Kenny. That's fair. I yeah. think Kenny was a stud. Because that was a great, really great main event. Ooh, or maybe Sting was the stud. Sting was kind of a stud. Why don't you marry him? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great show. Thank you, AEW. Thank for you. For putting on a great show. Thank you, Coward Tony. <laughs> it was great. We loved it. Like, in all seriousness, I love professional wrestling. So do I. This is hilarious. This is great. We'll all be over this in a fucking week, and we'll all have a laugh. Who gives a shit? Shit happens. I don't know why you're out here simping for that pyro guy, <laughs> but, uh... No, fire his ass! No, even hit... No, 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 no. Well, I mean, no, no, okay. we don't know what it was supposed no, to be like. Uh, well, you we know don't know. What? You know what? No, no, no. Let's just... That, we can't the... rant about it this anymore. Really? This, this has to be over. This has to be over. Okay. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, that pyro man will not be back tomorrow. No. They'll have somebody worth a shit. And uh, we'll no, be back with no, another... No. We'll be back with uh, a dynamite review. All right. The show's actually called Dynamite, and that was the explosion. Oh, you piece of shit. Hey, yo. Just let it go. Okay. Okay, this is over. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye-bye.